0: Our text this morning comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 21. And it's a passage that actually lifts our hearts and it sorts our souls to dreaming. Because if you can hear the words of our text, without those words thrilling your soul, then there is something seriously wrong with you. It's either you fail or we fail to understand what it means. Or familiarity has dulled the cutting edge. Because our text in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 21 says simply, God has come back. Actually, as you you read the full passage or the full words, it says, And the Lord, and the Lord appeared again. In Shiloh. God has come back to Shiloh. And that is the great news. The news that has passed from man to man and from woman to woman and from home to home all through the city. The news has passed from village to village and all of Israel is filled with hope and all of Israel is filled with expectancy because they now have a new hope because the text says the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Now if you look at that passage, there is something that's implied on the very surface of that. It indicates that God has been absent. God has been away. Because if God had not been absent and God had not been away, there would have been no reason for God's Word to say the Lord appeared again. Dr. Moffat translates it as, Once more, the Eternal was to be seen at Shiloh. That tells us something. That tells us there had been some dark, dark days. When God had not been seen. Assuredly, God had never been absent. Because in every age, God surrounds his people as the waters surround the sea of the sea surround a ship. In every age and in every time God is infinitely near. God is always standing at the door and knocking. The problem is, so often you and I fail to recognize God. And when we fail to recognize God, it's as though God were absent and distant. He becomes to us as if He were dead. God's absence in Shiloh had stretched over a very long period of time as these words in first samuel are written it's been 3 centuries since the death of moses and during those 3 centuries god had faithfully illuminated a few personalities in the foothills we might say but there had been no mountain peak that it approximated the height of Moses in the service of God. As long as God's man Moses had lived, Moses kept alive among the people a sense of God. That was a great tribute that they paid to him, actually. If you think about it, remember when Moses had gone to the mountain to receive the Decalogue? And he took so long coming back, And the people said to Aaron, Up, Make us gods that shall go before us, because as for this Moses, we know not what has become of them. You see, as far as Israel was concerned, Moses was gone, and when Moses was gone, and as far as they were personally concerned with Moses gone, God was gone. Because all Israel had ever seen of God, they had seen in the personality of their great leader, Moses. So when they wanted Aaron to make us gods to lead him back into Egypt, yes, they created a golden calf and idolatry, but they were fearful because as far as they were concerned, God was gone. But what we read now in our text, God has come back through human personality. You and I are made in the image of God. We're made in God's image and we are persons. And we are like God in that we have the power to choose. We have the power to know. And we have the power to love. And since man is kin to God, God can reveal Himself to him and through Him. Now what does John tell us? John tells us no man has seen God at any time. He tells us that the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, has declared Him. To most of us, God remains an abstraction until we see Him in the form of of personality and when we turn to the scriptures it's in Jesus Christ that we find our fullest revelation of God as you turn through the pages of the Old Testament you read the stories there and and you're struck with the crudeness of some of those Old Testament stories Some of those Old Testament stories and some of the palace intrigue during the period of the kings and during the period of the divided kingdom, some of those Old Testament stories would make a great reality show. And some of them would be perfect for tabloid journalism. But that is not the most striking fact about the Old Testament. As you read the Old Testament, Have you ever noticed the clarity with which some of those ancient people saw God? One of the most familiar psalms begins, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When we turn over to the New Testament, how does Jesus refer to Himself? As the Good Shepherd. Some of those great souls of long ago, they saw God. So plainly. They saw God so clearly that they were able in some form and fashion to be a revelation of God to their fellow man. Samuel was that kind of man. In his day and time, Samuel became a man of God who showed God to the people. When men and women looked at Samuel, they saw something of God in the life of Samuel. When it says, the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, it does not mean the Lord appeared in the glory of His splendor. It means the Lord appeared again in Shiloh in the person of Samuel. God appeared through Samuel. And God's choice of Samuel was not a matter of favoritism. Let's face the facts and be honest. Not all of us are of equal ability. God gives to some one talent, to some two talents, to some three. These talents are gifts from God. And they therefore reflect credit on the giver not the receiver. No man or woman on the top side of God's green earth deserves credit merely for receiving a gift. If you happen to have a beautiful face, you do not have yourself to thank for its beauty. For those of us with a beautiful face, our beauty is a gift. It's a gift that comes from God. Samuel was gifted. But the Lord did not reveal Himself to Samuel and through Samuel because He was gifted. Then why? Why did God reveal Himself to Samuel? Why did God reveal Himself through Samuel? It was because... There was a quality inside of Samuel that made that kind of a revelation possible. God is eager to reveal Himself to every human soul. But folks, sometimes we make that revelation impossible. God is ready to reveal Himself to every person today. But sometimes we refuse to see. So how did Samuel make it possible? Samuel had the privilege of being cradled in the arms of a saintly mother. For years, Hannah had been a wife without a child. And Hannah felt bitterly that disappointment. She was the favorite wife. And she longed for the hug of a baby in her arms. And in Hannah's eagerness for motherhood, Hannah turned to God. And she turned to God in earnest and fervent prayer. And when Hannah turned to God in prayer, God heard her prayer. And she named her baby Samuel, which means asked of God, or God asked. Samuel was a child that was given in answer to prayer. And having received her child from God in answer to prayer, Hannah still believed that he was God's child. She believed that God could do more with him than she could. So in his young and tender years, she dedicated her son to God. She took Samuel to the sanctuary. She put him in the care of the best man she knew. She placed her son Samuel in the care of the pious old priest, Eli. he was a saintly old man. And admittedly, the saintly old man Eli was a man that was far from perfect. Eli had actually made a mess of rearing his own sons. Eli's two sons were in the priesthood and they were a curse rather than a blessing. But as far as the record goes, you turn through the entire record of Eli's life and you find that Eli had never done a positive Wrong. However, he had failed to do an aggressive right. And Eli's supreme failure was the weak refusal that he had to discipline his own sons. In fact, the first message from the Lord that Samuel had to deliver was a message of doom for this pious old preacher and his sons. Remember that night, the story that God spoke to Samuel? And Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And it was the message of doom that he was to deliver to Eli. But though Eli made a failure with his own sons, Eli did not fail with Samuel. Samuel. All you have to do is look at the service of this man, Samuel, who saw God. And you know then the success of Eli. Samuel was a man of God. And during his prime, during the prime of his manhood, Samuel served as a judge in Israel. It was a position of power. Virtually he was the king. And under the leadership of Samuel, Israel found a new unity. Under the leadership of Samuel, Israel found a new freedom. As a judge, Samuel visited his people. He heard their disputes. He helped them settle their difficulties. And he did it in such a way, and he did it so well, that no man could find a flaw in his administration of Israel's affairs. But in spite of his success, and in spite of how capably he judged and ruled Israel, there came a day the people demanded a change. Samuel had grown old. And his hair was white. He wasn't as fit physically as he had one time been. And his own sons had proved to be a disappointment. And the people came and they said, We want a king. So we can be like the nations around us. They thought that having a king would would prove to be more theatrical and more dramatic for them. Up to this point, the government of Israel had been a theocracy, and now Israel wants a monarchy. They were eager for God's representatives to be more showy. They wanted them to make a greater appeal to the eye. It's the same kind of thing we see exhibited in our day and time when people want to take the worship of God and turn it into entertainment. Are you listening? When religion has lost its inwardness, men and women generally seek to make up for that by an outward display. When religion has lost its inwardness of something down inside of us, men and women want to make up for that loss of genuine religion by some kind of an outward and showy display. When these people that Samuel had served so faithfully clamored for a change, the old prophet quite naturally Did not hear their demand with gladness in his heart. He wasn't ready to retire. He wasn't ready to be put out to pasture. But being a man of prayer, he took the matter to the Lord. And God told the disappointed old prophet that the people were making their demands not because they were rejecting the prophet. As much as they were rejecting the Lord. And God told His servant, He said, You comply with their request. And then comes the second and the really great era of the life of Samuel. That ungrateful treatment, he had ruled Israel so well and so wisely. But they rejected that and they wanted a king And that ungrateful treatment might have embittered that man. It might have embittered a lesser man. And there's no doubt in my mind that in his humanity, Samuel was tempted to just wash his hands of the whole thing. But what did he say? Samuel says, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Samuel would have never said that had he not been tempted to say, fine, you don't want my services, you made your bed, you lay in it. But Samuel showed a Christ-like magnanimity. He installed Saul as the first king over Israel. And look at the way he treated Saul. This young man Saul had taken Samuel's place of leadership. But the prophet of God could not fail to see that though Saul was a giant physically, he was little better than a dwarf spiritually. And it would have been easy for Samuel to criticize his successor. It would have been such an easy thing for Samuel to have made life hard for Saul. But rather than that, Samuel became his lifelong friend. When the news came that Saul had departed from the Lord, it broke Samuel's heart. He cried all night long for this backslidden king. And the next day, he paid him a visit. If you read 1 Samuel 15, you'll see Samuel did his best to bring Saul back to the Lord. And even though Saul didn't listen to Samuel, he believed in him as no other man. And you can see that by what Saul did in the most disappointing and tragic hour of his life. When we see Saul and he's nearing the end of life, when doom is closing in on him, he desperately felt the need of help help that no man could give. And having forsaken God, Saul didn't know where to turn. And at last he decided to consult a medium, a spiritist medium. The very thing Saul had outlawed in Israel. You see, mankind is incurably religious. If mankind doesn't have a real religion, then they're going to have one that's counterfeit. And when this spiritist medium that Saul consulted said, Saul, who do you want to see? He said, bring me up, Samuel. Because Saul believed that this good man who had been so important to him in his life, Saul still believed in him in death. Even though Samuel had to pronounce his doom because God had directed it, Saul never doubted his friendship. And through all of this, Samuel continued to love and to serve his people. And that shows us the greatness of this man of God. He didn't look back to some enchanted yesterday and condemn today by comparison. Samuel became so interested in the present and the future that he forgot all about the slights of the past. And that's something important for us. We need to forget The slights of the past, and we concentrate and become interested in the present and the future. Here is something for all of us. God always is seeking to reveal Himself to mankind. God can reveal Himself through the faith of a little child I wrote a Facebook post last Sunday morning about childlike faith and I illustrated about a young Mason in his prayer a few nights ago young Mason prayed his prayer and he said dear God he was bringing his bed and prayer to a close dear God Please punch the devil in the face and make him cry and kill him in Jesus' name. That's the faith of a little child. When was the last time you prayed for God to punch the devil in the face? Better still, when was the last time we did something in our life that would actually punch the devil in the face? The greatest thing we can do to punch the devil in the face and make him cry is live for Jesus Christ. God reveals Himself in the faith of a little child. But God can also reveal Himself through men and women who are in the stern stresses of middle age. God can reveal Himself through those who have grown old and wise in His fellowship. And that's the way it was with Samuel. Because when Samuel came to the end of his life, we read that Samuel died. And all of Israel lamented him. As long as Samuel lived, he brought to everyone with whom he came in contact with a sense of God. That is the challenge that you and I face today. In Center Texas. In 2022. Can people look at our lives. And see God. Can people look at our lives. And see Jesus Christ. Living in us. Can people look at our lives and see that Jesus is the Lord and the Master of our lives. If they can't, then we need to make some changes. If people can't see Jesus living in us, then we need to be living a little bit differently some way. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you've never put the Lord on in baptism and you didn't make Him Lord and Master of your life for the very first time. Or maybe you've been living in such a way that others don't see Jesus living in you. And you need to let brothers and sisters pray with you and for you. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what your needs are. But if there's something we can do to help you make Jesus Lord of your life, is there some change that needs to be made so others will see Jesus living in you? then this is your opportunity to come and let those changes and let that request be made known as together we stand and while we sing.